Hi, and welcome to Sound Body Wisdom. My name is Jacqueline Westhead. And I'm Sam Fisher. <laughs> this is my friend Sam, who's joining me <laughs> on this maiden voyage of the podcast. So, Jack. Yes. What are you going to talk about on this podcast, <laughs> Sound Body Wisdom? It's actually something that I have been developing since the early 90s. Um, it's a mix of mind, body, and all these different things that come together that help us with who we are as human beings. I'm really super committed to understanding what creates limitations in our lives. So there's this great little tagline I have that says, learning to live beyond, you know, limitations. Because I'm, I'm fascinated how limitations, especially the ones that are, are really more self-imposed, how they can take away any sense of thriving in our life. Because I, I think that we have more capacity to thrive than perhaps we're experiencing. And I've, I've traveled around the world and I've taught workshops all over the country and outside of this country. And, and it's amazing engaging conversations no matter what age, the struggles that we have internally. And there are similarities that we share just as a species, as human beings. And there's also some that might be unique to who we are, the particular maps. I, I refer to it as maps, but like our own conditioning, sort of how we've gotten written over time, you know, that makes us who we are. And, um, and limitations aren't necessarily inherently negative, right? We all have blessings and we all have challenges. It just makes us this beautifully unique thing that we are, you know, the entity of us. And um, so Sound Body Wisdom is using tools and techniques and explorations to see what might be getting in our way of fully thriving. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, when you talk about limitations, uh, you're not necessarily talking about material things in somebody's life, right. but you're actually referring to internal things, psychological things or... Yeah. Maybe in your body as well. Can you dive into that concept a little bit? Maybe give us some examples of limitations. Yeah. Limit, limitations could be, I mean, something that I think many people, if not everybody, experiences sort of that inner, inner critic or inner speak, uh, the voices or the parts of us that have a lot of commentary um, and might tell us not necessarily always like you can't do this or you're not good enough. They don't have to even be so blunt, but it might just have a predisposed sort of idea of who you are. Like you're, you're sort of more of a mathematics person, so you can't be creative. So it limits your sense of doing something creative. And, and perhaps you really have this um, instinct to work more creatively, and that might bring you a lot of joy and this sense of thriving. But this bias or this preconceived idea you have of yourself as more of a practical person or a scientifically minded person, it might set up a limitation for you to, to move n your natural curiosity or compulsion towards something more creative or even vice versa. A creative person might say, oh, I, I can't really do like science stuff or more academic stuff. And those are pretty more black and white sort of examples, but things like that can run in so many subtle ways. So we have all these preconceived ideas and, you know, I like to use this example of like newborn babies, you know, when 
they're first learning like how to be in the world and here they are they're just a, a hot mess of sensations and movement and they're figuring this whole contraption of the body out and you know their brain is like shaping all its neural pathways as it learns and recognizes faces but you know when those kids like they're drooling you know I don't think a newborn baby is sitting there thinking, oh, man, I'm, I'm a mess. I got this drool all over my face. Oh, I better get this off. Or when they start crawling, like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm terrible at crawling. I got this all wrong. You know, they're not judging themselves, you know, or putting themselves down or comparing themselves. Um, they're taking in the world and, and, and taking that data in. So a comparison perhaps in that way mm-hmm. to figure out how to do it, but not in a way to make themselves lesser than or greater than. So, uh that's more what I'm talking about, who we are, sort of the, the maps we've written, uh, basically how we've wired ourselves up through conditioning, through life experience, uh, a little bit of genetics, things like that. So say I'm your example person, okay. the first example <laughs> you gave, and I'm, um, I'm Mr. Science, mm-hmm. and I just have to have an amazing creative solution to something. And this means reinventing myself a little bit mm-hmm. in some small or big way. Uh, what kind of tools does sort of the sound body wisdom repertoire offer me to get through that? Right on. So the first thing I would think of, there's, there's the cool thing. And first of all, sound body wisdom is something that, that I've shaped over all these decades. But obviously, it, it's drawing on so much. It's drawing on... Uh, mindfulness practices and meditation practices and and mind body science and neurobiology and so for me just taking all this in like the the information we have that's out there and then all the workshops that I've led over time and experimenting and doing exercises and then myself is my own little laboratory so sound body wisdom I identify it as an entity but it's really it's a collection of vast wisdom and then it's sort of figuring out how to apply it to the individual. So then when I'm sitting here with you and you say, okay, this is the thing I'm curious about, I kind of go in my, my toolbox, you know, of tools. And one that I use quite often, especially in something like this, is something I call my inner tribe. So it's looking at all the different parts of us that exist inside. So it's... It's not the same as like inner child work and and things like that, but it's similar in the sense that it is, um, it's like a distinct voice within you. Mm -hmm. So I would say, oh, well, one of the first things I would do is whatever that part of you is, that's a part of this whole big tribe of Sam inside, I would go to that part and get to know it a little bit better. So if it's really attached, if it's, it'd be about you developing your awareness Get, to get to know that that part even exists, then once you figure out that it exists, then getting to know it. Like, how really entrenched is that part of you? Like, is it really digging its heels in? Or is it sort of open to suggestions? And only you are going to be able to sort of suss that out and get to know sort of the, the shape of it and speak directly to that part like make dates to hang out with that part, ask mm. it questions. I think one of the best places when you don't know where to start with something is simply to ask a question. And so um, so if, it, if I was you and I had this part that was just like, um, total science, but want to make a change, 
I would, the parts that were really attached to having this other identity, I'd just be like, so what would happen if we were something else? What would happen if we made a change? Like, how would you feel? And just notice one, if I actually heard a response, like a verbal internal response, or when I asked a question, I might notice what my body does. Like, do I feel my body tense up? Do I feel it relax? Do I get butterflies in my stomach? There's all these cues that when we start developing our awareness, we start noticing things. And it's kind of like a treasure hunt, you know? You, you kind of just start being like, huh. And you just stay super curious and you keep following that curiosity with a lot of care and kindness. And then there's, there's other tools that I you know, could keep suggesting that you would then figure out how to help it if it's feeling a little resistant. Because it's not about getting rid of that part. It's not about saying, well, let's, you know, put a big, you know, hand in the face of that part or try to like ostracize it. It's really about saying, how can we all coexist, all these parts of us inside, that that part of you, that science part doesn't have to feel threatened by the change or something else coming in. And, and it might not need to be so attached. So it's just, it's being super curious and seeing how yeah, everything can live together because it's that one part that might be setting up a limitation, right? Of you growing and doing something else that might bring you even more joy or equal joy, you know? Yeah. Did that make sense? (laughs) It's like all this, these things, these, this vocabulary I have in my own mind. So we'll we'll have to ask our listeners that. (laughs) Fair enough. Right. Cause it makes sense to me, but I know you too well. Okay. Um, so how did you how did you how did you get into this stuff, like, um, so you're telling me all these things about developing an awareness of myself, and about different tools that I can use to navigate myself, and um, I want to know what what first sparked your interest in this and and what made it such a central part of your life. Right, so. I pro- there's two things that leap to mind, well, probably three things. Um, and one is that at a young age, I started getting very involved in, in theater and being a musician and sound and becoming amazingly fascinated with uh, the science of sound and, and how that affects the body and how it affects your moods. So I was a very creative sort doing theater and performance and dance. So there was this explorative side to me, but then there was the sort of the scientist side, learning about the the way sound and vibration and how it's been used, you know, since thousands and thousands of years, you know, and the curious and the scientific and the creative side all came together. And then I started teaching and I was teaching I'm a movement artist as well as a musician. So I was teaching a fusion of like drumming and, and movement and using the voice and sound and having these workshops where people would come together and then start noticing there's really nothing quite like asking somebody to be witnessed by a group of people using their body or using their voice that you just see them get very, um, a lot of anxiety can come up or self-consciousness And so immediately I was put in this space of like, oh, being a facilitator to really create a safe space, a space where people could have fun and learn something and push their edge 
but you can only push your edge and grow if you feel safe. So having to really be with each of these individuals and, and, and have compassion for that insecurity that might come up. And so I was curious about that, how we each have these different insecurities and how do we work with them? And then somewhere in the mix of that, I had some, some really big life events happen Mm. that were, um, it was, it was so interesting, like stepping away from my career. That was like my whole identity as a performer. I was in a pretty high profile sort of, uh, position and was walking away from it. And I sort of knew, but didn't quite realize how much my ego had been caught up in it. Like Mm. my sense of who I was. And simultaneously as I was walking away from that, like everything I own was stolen. So I lost all material possessions and it became like this perfect storm. And I think there was a relationship breakup in there. And, you know, so it was sort of like all the, the landmarks of, you know, where am I were kind of stripped away. And it was, it was, it was incredible because, you know, I don't, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, and I certainly am not like, wow, I wish something like that would happen today. But what I do know is how much, like I survived, and not only did I survive, but it threw me into a place of having to decide if I wanted to sink or swim. It it became, wow, I have a choice. Like, I didn't know if I could breathe again because it felt so emotionally, I felt like I just exploded into a million pieces and there was no net like I didn't have like a safety net around me so it was like a big free fall and I remember I was um I was by Lake Michigan and I was taking a walk and it just sometimes it hurt to be in my skin and it just hurt to breathe because it was just like I was so my there was so much inner turmoil and I just remember all these voices were like going crazy in my head And it just, I spontaneously stopped and just like yelled out loud. I was like, everybody just stop, you know, time out. And it was at that moment that I sort of had this image of this big, I don't know, almost like a tribe, a big circle of figures. They were all kind of amorphous, but there was definitely this big circle and they were actually around a fire. And I just, it was like, I call it my like my mama bear, this this really wise, expansive self, um, this part that doesn't feel conditioned, doesn't feel like it's got anything to prove. It just just like the name, it's just wise and expansive. It she just stepped in and was like, okay, I got this, and kind of just created order kind of was able to hold them all like so lovingly with like her arms around all of them but like you do with a child it's like it hopefully offering just totally unconditional love but with boundaries right and so it was like yes all of you are loved all of you are welcome and we're going to set up some some rules here a little bit of boundary and I it happened spontaneously and I feel like it really saved me and probably for the next solid two years, like my full-time job, the only job I had was really me figuring out how to develop the relationship to these parts. Um, 
and talk directly to them and learn how to love them and understand them and learn how to listen to my body and my mind and integrate all these things. So I was sort of grateful for all that creativity and science and, you know, all the exploration and then holding space in the workshops for people because then it was like holding, like it was like I had an inner workshop going on and I had to hold space for all these parts of me. And then I kept developing. I mean, that was, you know, gosh, like almost 20 years ago. Wow. So you talked just for a moment about holding workshops um, with people talking about these kind of things. Um, when did you begin doing that? Oh, my gosh. So I'd say that as as I was doing this, you know, more sort of interpersonal work, I really saw the the crossover between, you know, what might have just been considered like art or music, right? So the moving and the drumming and the sound and creating these workshops that then turned into performances. And I started becoming less interested in necessarily performing. You know, people got excited about that. But saying, wow, the workshops really, they're the vehicle for people to look inside, for us to be witnesses to each other, to be catalysts for each other, and, and really facilitate a journey for people. So, you know, as I was learning this for myself, how to be the best facilitator for myself, I was more and more bringing that into the workshops and, and definitely letting the workshops become more exploratory you know, that it changed, I think, you know, because I would develop all the exercises in the workshop. So I started developing more exercises that were both sort of, you know, fun or playful, but also they were reflective. You would certainly walk out of a workshop having learned a little bit more about yourself as opposed to, wow, I just learned how to use my voice or my body because it was really about um, that self-exploration. Mm, yeah. I wish I could go there or see one of those. Well, we'll put a workshop sure. on. We'll do it. Yeah. Cool. We'll get some people together. Um, a concept you introduced in, in the crux of your story was, was about ego. I want to know what ego means to you and, and how that plays into the, to the concept of limitation. Ooh, I like that question. So for me... In, in my sort of inner world, ego is essential. Like, we need ego. Um, I'm a human being, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to transcend my ego in walking in this world. You know, I, I enjoy my personality. I'm just not a, attached to it. So ego sort of helps me know where I am in relation to things. But I think that when we do get attached to it or it's, it's what defines us or it's the only way that we know ourselves in the world, it, can, it, be, it becomes a little sticky and a little tricky. So I always feel like ego is like awesome when it's in balance. So it's really about discovering through awareness and each person's going to be their own best assessor. Like the one that's going to say, wow, is ego or my attachment to my identity or who I am or these concepts, is any of that holding me back? Is it creating limitations in my life? And you sort of follow that curiosity and see what you find. 
And I'm like, yeah, if, if you are noticing limitations due to a preconceived idea or, you know, some way that you identify yourself in the world, um, then you get to ask yourself, do I want to change that? You know, and certainly, again, there can be limitations. We pick and choose where we want to put our energy, right? Life is full. So usually it's, to me, if there's a limitation that keeps coming up on your radar or something that is just not, it's almost like the way our intuition works. You just kind of have this feeling like this isn't really aligned for you or, you know, it doesn't feel quite right. Then that could be a limitation or or something that's holding you back from moving towards something that your intuition knows is going to bring you joy or a thriving or a vivacity. And I love that word so much, a vivacity in your life. And so a limitation could simply just be something that holds you back from vivacity or, you know, even a small amount of joy. So you basically get to assess for yourself, is there any way that I'm really attached to this sense of ego, or how can I develop a more flexible ego, a more balanced ego? Um, and I think that's the way to go, flexibility and balance. And it's not necessarily what we've been taught how to do with most things. We kind of get these fixed ideas. So yeah, ultimately, I think that when we're able to be flexible and find balance, um, and balance to me, you know, I often call it a floating balance, that it's not Balance to me is not a, a static event. Balance, and you know, like there's 50% on this side and 50% on this side. Balance to me is constantly evolving as you meet life. So the ego is really how, how can you be flexible with your ego as you meet life and find balance with your ego as you meet life. And that's going to change all the time. So how do we keep meeting life and meeting it through this vehicle of us and our ego? Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Jack. So it's been great talking with you today. Um, give us one more tool that we can walk away with and try out in between now and the next time we get to listen to your lovely podcast. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, for some reason, the first one that just popped in my head is really using visualization because I honestly, I think imagination and visualization as a part of that is uh, one of the strongest tools that we have. You know, our brains don't necessarily know the difference. They say often when we're dreaming that the brain is responding in a similar way to what we're seeing as if we're awake. So it's not being like, oh, you're asleep. It's totally, it's fake. Uh, it, it takes it, you know, as it's actually happening. So visualization, um, is a, such a great tool because it, it works in a similar way. So I'd say if there's something in your life that you are wanting to either sort of invoke more qualities of it in your life, or if there's a change that you're wanting to make, just envision yourself. Like if you wanted to see yourself as a more creative person, then even if it's like 30 seconds, this is, this is not about like, oh, I have to do this for a super long time. But get, it has to be like detailed, something super clear. So take like 30 seconds, set a timer if you need to, and you close your eyes. So take out the visual, these visual out, external cues. 
So you're just in the mind's eye, in the imagination, and you see yourself. You see yourself as that creative being and like, what does that look like? How do you carry yourself in your body? Like, are you dressed differently? Like, how does your body feel? Like, what's the sensation like on a cellular like felt sense of you? And I like to add the breath. So as you're seeing that, like, feel your body getting excited about it. And every breath you take in, every inhale, you just boost it up, like take the volume up like three notches and then another three notches, like till it feels like you're a balloon about to pop because it's so vibrant. And then open your eyes, feel yourself in the room and let your body feel that sensation still. So you create that bridge from not only giving that to your, your, your neural pathways, your imagination, like creating that strong image. So you're, you're making it a reality. You're helping yourself actually see it being possible. But then when you open your eyes, to me, it bridges it to this external world. So it's, it helps you make the connection and bridge these things up. And you can practice that once a day, or you can do it like 10 times a day, like set a timer, you know, almost like if you had to remember to take a pill or a vitamin or you eat or whatever it is you do, you know, that you do it regularly and give it to yourself. Awesome. Awesome. Um, cool. Well, hopefully <laughs> we've put a lot of great ideas into the air. Yeah. And left a lot of little things that you might be able to pick up on and run with. Um, and I just want to say thanks to Sam because he's just such a rock star for uh, getting this off the ground and helping out. And I couldn't think of anybody I'd rather be sitting here having this conversation with. And we're sitting in Berkeley, California right now uh, at Sam's place. So you've been getting some nice ambient Berkeley sounds in the background. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm really excited about this podcast series and all the different things that I get to share. So thanks for listening. Thank you.